Welcome to the Next Level Woman podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Hart, the results manifestation coach for women. I am on a mission to help them just like you to break through your limiting beliefs, your old programming and paradigms to truly manifest a life that you want, not what everyone else in your world and in society tells you that you should have, but what you want. You are in for such a treat because what we're going to be doing in this show is to help you unlock the secrets to manifesting that life. Where those secrets exist, they exist in your mind. And our goal through these episodes is to really help you unlock the secrets to take your life to the next level to manifest a life that you love. So whether you want more money, more freedom, to have more impact, better relationships, you want better health, happiness, whatever your goal is, we are here to support you in achieving it. Tune in to this podcast every single week like it's your job, because I promise you, it's going to create massive change in your life. So let's do this. Welcome back to Next Level Woman. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Hart, and I'm really excited today. We have a guest unlike any of the others I've brought to you. I think you're going to love hearing her story and finding out the good she's doing in the world. I'd like to introduce Dr. Erica Chung. Dr. Erica Chung is a practitioner of Western Oriental Medicine Integration. Aside from her Western medical background, she furthered her knowledge and became a certified reflexologist and an acupuncturist. In her practice, she incorporates homeopathic therapies such as medical-grade essential oils, negative ion therapy, far infrared therapy, and topical stem cell therapy. Now, she's in a joint venture with a traditional Chinese medicine doctor to develop a first-of-its-own herb-infused supplements tailored to each individual's specific body type. Welcome, Erica. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Hart. Glad uh, to be here. Such a pleasure. And just please call me Lisa. So we'd love to hear your story. You, you were telling me a little bit about it before we hit record. So, you know, how you got to be where you are and your, your journey, literally and literally. <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> right. So uh, I... I was born in Taiwan and my entire family migrated to Central America when I had just finished grade school. So because Central America is a developing part of the world. So mm -hmm. we will receive uh, medical mission teams every summer uh, for, for uh, humanitarian works. And that was actually my first exposure and my first source of inspiration for wanting to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going to medical school <laughs> and during the time of training you know from class to class I started to learn about diseases just like any doctor would right and I what was some something that was very very disheartening nevertheless was the fact that and I could really remember it clearly at the time was that diseases you you learn that a lot of them are incurable incurable chronically progressive uh the source of the disease is unknown. And, you know, and I remember thinking to myself, that's 
that's disappointing because when patients come to us, it's at the time of their direst uh, situation, right? They, exactly. they want help, right? They, they want help. Uh, they need hope. Yet we're just going to turn around and tell them that what you have, unfortunately, is incurable. You're going to have to deal with it for the rest of your life. Uh, we can help you to feel better along the way, but you're stuck with it. Sorry about that. And I just felt that, wow, must really be terrible for the patients to hear that. But what could I do at the point? I was just learning about them, right? Mm -hmm. So fast forwarding a few more years later on, when I uh, was getting ready for uh, residency training and I was under such um, pressure as I was transitioning from one side of the world to the next and preparing for the exams and, and all of that. I might start, myself started um, having these symptoms that were really, really extreme. And I was eventually diagnosed with having chronic urticaria, which according to our textbook was also an incurable disease. Mm -hmm. um, it's chronic. It can potentially become progressive. And it has for me. And I was uh, being put on steroid, which... I think most people know that steroid is the wonder drug. I mean, it can literally, <laughs> it's, yeah, it suppresses your entire immune system, which for me should probably have done it at the point, but no, it was only suppressing 50% of my, yeah, my symptoms. And I was on a prescription antihistamine, uh, which normally would have taken one per day. I was having to take it every six hours. So I was massively overdosing. And the funny thing is that it wasn't relieving my symptoms. So I really got a good taste of my own medicine, uh, so to speak. Really got to feel for the first time how a patient will feel. Right. When your doctor told you that this is the diagnosis you have, it's not curable. We would just have to deal with it as it comes up. So when I was told by my doctor of that, I started to take it into my own hand. I, I was relatively young at the time. I didn't want to live with the disease. No way it could be pro progressive. I, right. was not, I was not willing to just settle for that. So I took it into my hand. I started uh, scouting out other options. So I put myself on traditional Chinese medicine treatment under the care of a doctor. And a year and a half later, I was completely free of my urticaria. And it was 14 years ago. I have not had a flare up. So that got me That's so impressive. Right. That got me so excited. Huh. And it got me wondering how many of the diseases that we learn in the textbooks that were labeled incurable are actually curable. And that is, you can't be any more excited than that. Right. You know, you can't be any more hopeful about that. So I never look back. I I went and studied and immersed myself more in the so-called complementary therapy, alternative therapy, as alternative as it was, it became the ultimate therapy for me. Mm -hmm. So I, I really feel that we are in a world, in a healthcare system where it's so pharmaceutical dominated and we are severely lacking doctors who, who will really serve the patient population well if they themselves can also know more about these um, other forms of treatment. It will really change the world for patients. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I've had extra training in functional medicine. And yeah, when I was going through medical school, 
I was taught that diabetes, you know, once you have diabetes, you always have diabetes. But then one of the first things I I learned in functional medicine is that, you know, that's not true at all. You know, if it's type two diabetes and there's not the in organ damage, well, of course, you can reverse it. I just remember picking my jaw up from the ground. And uh, yeah, once you learn that, it's so exciting, right? Very empowering. First, then you have to find the patient's. I was disappointed, I remember, because some patients, even though I knew that I knew that they could reverse their chronic disease, they weren't convinced. So they didn't have the belief because they were under the impression and their family and, you know, important ones that that couldn't be cured. So right. anyway, so, so belief, belief plays a role for some. Right. People. I've also run into my share of uh, patients who um, it's so ingrained in our culture, in our mind. Right. So. I really come to a point where there are just as many patients who are wanting our information, who are wanting our servants. So I focus on those people who are, they, they are ready. So I focus on them. Uh, and then for the other group of patients, I know they will come to a time and they might not, and they're probably happy with their pharmaceutical interventions already. So, but I think there's enough patients that want this. Right. So gives me a lot of courage to keep going right well yeah. tell us about um a time when you've had a challenge to overcome other than the chronic urticaria business right. personal I mean, you've lived all over the world right <laughs> that comes with its own set of issues being different hasn't been a, a strange condition for me i think life has taken me on the path where i always turn out to be to have taken a different path not by my own choosing it just had has always turned out that way me having migrated to Central America when I was little when my the rest of my classmates don't stay where they were and you know when you went into med school after you graduated from medical school the natural path is no more natural than just continuing into the western medicine training right. but I, on the other hand decided to do everything that was different from everybody else and then now that uh, people are still practicing right my all my colleagues are practicing and doing what they you know we've always been trained to do and here I am trying to become entrepreneurial and taking everything online and then making a social uh, presence which is very uncomfortable I must say because it's just not what we were taught to do in medical school that's true but that's one of the things I love about you I, I really, I love that. It's good. So, you're, you're reaching so many people. It's good. Right. And it, has it become any more comfortable? Probably not because every unfamiliar situation still kind of carries with its own set of unfamiliar and scary feeling. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you, you, you're scared, but you do it anyway. That's a great lesson. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the challenge I still face every day. And then figuring out the social media. And this is completely new for me. Sometimes I can sleep. I'm sure you've experienced that. You're just trying to figure out. It's like you enter into a new planet. You don't really understand the internet um, jargon. You don't know what in, um, Instagram real as opposed to IGTV. <laughs> I mean, you're literally starting from scratch and um, you're having to humble yourself and learn from scratch. And I think it's very exciting. That's what keeps us alive and feeling alive. Mm-hmm. It's when you're not um, stagnant and stale and then, you know, 
staying in the comfort zone, although it's really not that much more comfortable. Right. It's scary, but it's, it's worthwhile. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I think that's how we feel alive. It's um, keep growing and start feeling your, you know, insecurities and fear. But you offset that with, you know, more courage. Right. Um, I like to ask this. It resonates with some and not with others. So um, if this strikes anything with you, do you ever think if only women knew something, something you see repeatedly, if you look at their situation or something about them, you think if only if only they knew this, it's just so common sense to you based on your background and your training, but women you know, are struggling with something mm-hmm. that they don't need to be struggling with. Um. I, I think as I've been in the in the setting of a developed country versus a developing country, right? As I mean, we have to admit that even though we are, we might find ourselves in a developed country setting, there's still going to be discrimination against gender. You know, it's it's so ingrained in our mind, in our culture already that women somehow are still less, <laughs> and then women. Um, yeah, women are less. And I think even in the medical world, it was very, very apparent um, where I was. And I think in a, in a domestic setting, I experienced that a lot. I mean, even me, myself, I was told that when I decided to go to medical school, I was told, you're just a woman. You're just going to get married and have kids eventually. Why are you going to bother yourself and waste so much money and time? So we really must constantly, we have to take that, the, the right back into our hand that, you know, when you look at it, and then also people agree that women can multitask a lot better than men. This is not a sexist comment in any way possible, but I think that just as men are credited for, you know, the things that they're good at, women can be just as good. I mean, we have a lot to offer to the table and we should be given the equal playground to, and it serves men. It serves men. They Mm -hmm. will benefit. So yeah, you should just let women have, (laughs) <laughs> their playground eventually it's it's um so you know sometimes that discrimination comes in a very very silent and unspoken manner but you know it they know it mm-hmm. but don't get discouraged by that just as strong as the discrimination is we have to be stronger than that don't mm-hmm. yeah there is no no place when we have women have so much to offer to the world it's true. It's a great reminder. And also the countries that thrive the best during this time of pandemic, if you look at it, have actually been countries where their the head of the government was a woman. That didn't get past <laughs> me. I definitely noticed that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Same with Taiwan. We, this is the first time ever we had a female president. And, and then considering the fact that we are the closest to China geographically. Right. We were the safest, literally, in the sense that um, we didn't start having our first hit until this May. That's that's already 14 months after the pandemic, when the world is deep in it already. So, uh, and then we were making masks and then sending it to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, so I, I yeah. So it's just some reminder that as much as they want to oppress us, whether knowingly or not, sometimes they do it you know, out of reflex. It's right. just what the world comes to accept already. Mm-hmm. Um, be very conscious of that and constantly, yeah, it doesn't mean we have to, you know, shove around and, you know, 
uh, be forceful about it. But I think we have such resilience that's also inborn to us women. Yeah, I agree. I love that. Now, I I believe you're a spiritual person as well. Um, and I'm wondering, um, do you have a morning routine that you could share with us? I do. I, I still trip up from time to time, but I am really limiting myself uh, from checking my phone the, at least the first hour of the, of the day, unless I've done my meditation already. Okay. And I'm ready to go uh, for the day. So I still trip up. I mean, the temptation, it's, it's program. You know, you want the dopamine hide first thing in the morning. So you right. want to see what's up on, on social media, right? So I, I have to resist. So that's what I've been doing in the last couple of uh, months. And I definitely have uh, meditation. And I jump from meditation to meditation. I don't know if that's actually also feeding into the dopamine reward system. <laughs> but nevertheless, I make sure I get one uh, meditation in. Mm-hmm. I get one meditation in and then, um, you know, I have a night routine as well as a morning routine, which is being grateful. Oh. I think that's knows. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about gratitude nowadays and mm-hmm. that is the truth. It really, really is the truth. Um, just as there are so many bad things happening in the world, it's true, but nevertheless, we cannot deny the fact there are still so many good things happening in the world. That's right. undeniable. And when people tell me, uh, yeah, so what if you're focusing on the good things? And I will also say, yeah, so what when you're focusing on the bad things? You're not changing anything by focusing on the wrong things, but you're actually contributing more to the negative energy. Gratitude has such a high vibration. Right, right. So I love that. uh, At nighttime and then in the morning. So definitely do that uh, for myself. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about your joint venture. I think your partner's in Portugal, right? Right. How how did you guys connect and what are you creating? What are you joint venturing on? Uh, My friend, uh, Dr. Igor, is a Portuguese who has been um, in the practice of traditional Chinese medicine for over 20 years already. So we met when we were receiving training um, in acupuncture in China and we've kept in touch, we lost touch. And then just recently in, uh, during the pandemic, we reconnected probably just out of boredom because you're home so much, already. <laughs> but it's a good thing. But I think it really was time. It was opportune time because the strength for the uh, planet has heightened. It, that's undeniable. Right. And we, we talk about, we talk about the things that we see in our practice um, from a day-to-day basis. It, you know, and then Chinese medicine has always seen the body as a whole, right? We don't compartmentalize um, organs and systems, right? right? So we are, um, and then he was talking about how most of his patients, which are women, entrepreneurial age, between early um, 20s to uh, around late 40s, right? So uh, he was talking about all the success that he's had with um, treating women using traditional Chinese medicine um, concept with a lot of success, because you really do hear that the common complaints is that, you know, um, now that kids are home, they're working from home, the demands have actually increased, <laughs> not, not lessened. You're having to cook, you're having to bounce between family affairs and then work and everything in between. So uh, we also talk a lot about the things that are happening in social media. 
such as um, you know going plant based, uh-huh. um, whole food based, uh, vegan and keto, paleo, and all of those things. So we are really excited for the fact that most people are starting to realize that processed food is not really considered food. That's a huge win because for a long time people are so used to consuming food out of the package and right. boxes, right? So finally, I think this was a great uh, move in the positive direction. But what we've also started to notice is um, in his patient side and also in mine, and most mostly are women, we, we are starting to see a, a side effect, uh, for lack of a better word, from eating plant food-based. Not, not that there's anything wrong with the plant, but the fact that uh, you know, the, the um, preparation method was something that was giving rise to some symptoms that you know, when we look back at the traditional Chinese medicine nutrition principle, it makes sense because when we are going plant-based, somehow we also tend to assume that if we're going to eat vegetables and, and you know, uh, fruits, eat them raw, right? It's, it's almost a common sense in a way uh, because if you cook it, then you lose the vitamins and then the minerals, okay? So we are starting to see people showing up with more uh, symptoms of acid reflux, uh, loose bowel movement, and all, you know, with partially digested food, and then water retention, itchy skin. And when we started discussing this, and, we find, and then suddenly we realized, wait a minute, I think, I think that's where the problem lies, is we are consuming raw food a lot more now. And in traditional Chinese medicine, we always encourage cooking food, okay? Um, reason being that cooking food is actually pre-digesting food. Right, I can see that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So you're actually uh, taking off some of the edge of your body having to process so much raw food when our digestion is already probably kind of taxed from our hectic life and not eating regularly and then just grabbing food on the go and then eating while we're very stressed and we're not chewing properly. So that just places more uh, pressure on the digestive system. So that's one thing I hope our audience, if you're already on a uh, plant-based diet, which is great, um, to cook more, cook your food as much as palatability can allow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not saying to cook your, um, I don't know, like, you know, some fruits that should never have been cooked, right. but vegetables certainly. And then also, yes, some of the minerals and vitamins can be destroyed, but there's still going to be some around. And then what I found also in my research is that a lot of the nutrients actually would not be activated until after you cook them. Right. Like tomatoes, right? The like Right. Right. That's just, that's one of the one many. Of many. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So definitely don't shy away from cooking your food, especially when um, I think our audience will mostly probably be people from the, uh, from the part of the world that gets cold mm-hmm. in the next few months time. As juicing becomes popular and people are juicing a lot more nowadays because of the plant-based diet regimen, I really, really, we, we really, really uh, recommend for women, especially during the winter time, not to juice because it interferes with their uh, gynecological system quite heavily. Uh, unfortunately, in a very negative way, especially if you're already dealing with infertility problems if you're dealing with um, menstrual problems already. Mm-hmm. Um, in Chinese medicine, it's really interesting. I, I can't even brag more about it. It's that it's very, very comprehensive. We, we take the environment in which we live 
and the food that we it's it's all in one there is a reason why certain fruits and certain vegetables don't grow in a winter because the things that grow in a summer tend to be cooling which is what you will need right. to combat and counteract the, the the heat right but so those those fruits tend to be cooling like the berries the, the citrus fruit, they tend to be cooling. But when you take it in a time where it's already cold enough and women compared to men tend to be more deficient. Um, in Chinese medicine, we talk about balance, right? Men tend to be more young. Women tend to be more yin in general. And women like to eat more healthy, right? Most of the people that are eating, um, that are doing juicing on plant-based are majority women, right? So. If we're not aware of the fact um, that while juicing all together, while plant-based is good for the body all together, do pay attention to how you're preparing it and then when you're eating it. And also along with juicing is that there are two types of fiber in the food. One is insoluble and one is the soluble. And the gut microbiome needs both, uh-huh. right? Because insoluble fiber uh, so what happens is once it makes it into the digestive system, um, the, the indigestible, meaning to say, you know, the stringy things that, that won't go away from cooking, but it will go away with juicing and making uh, and smoothies. So what happens to the insoluble fiber is that while when it makes it into the intestine, it actually starts to form, um, stack up on each other and they form like a fish net uh, structure, okay? And then the, while the soluble part of the fiber they're kind of like the gelatin, you know, more malleable type. They actually fill up the holes of the, of the fish net. So that creates a very, very protective barrier along the intestinal tract. So that, what it does, it, it actually keeps as much of the sugar from, the, from being absorbed and channeled into the, port, the liver system. Mm-hmm. So it actually spares your liver from having to be overwhelmed with so much sugar. And then, you know, consequently, it spikes up the insulin and we now know so much about insulin and it's you know right. the consequence of insulin resistance so mm-hmm. and then got the gut microbiome loves both types of mm-hmm. fibers so juicing effectively takes out the insoluble fiber so as much as we are doing the juicing and going plant-based diet you know we our whole effort for doing a whole purpose for doing that right is we want to feed the microbiome we want the body to become from the inside. Uh, we probably haven't realized the fact that juicing is uh, kind of canceling out some of the good effects of doing plant-based diet. Got it. So I think that's something that if you guys are watching from whichever part of the world to start eating your whole, uh, your food whole rather mm-hmm. than juicing it and then, you know, putting into smoothie and blending it up. So that's, that's one thing I, I hope um, you guys are oh, able I love to. That. I think that's going to be helpful. Right, right, juice, and then juicing is so popular. Mm-hmm. It is very, very, and then people drink it in the morning, uh, right? You know, to get the boost uh, for the day. And one more thing is, you know, uh, morning is when you have just waken up, your body is to kind of cold in a deficient state, right? Night is considered yin, more deficient. Um, during the daytime is yang, considered more vibrant, right? So you had just you're you're still in the yin deficient state. And you load your body with something that's very in and very deficient. So you're really compounding um, the, the you're, you're really tipping the scale so much to one side of the body 
it is eventually going to lead to a array of diseases all on their own. So another tip is that if you guys are going to decide eating anything raw, uh, make sure to eat it, uh, let it sit in room temp first, because in Chinese medicine, cold in general, temperature wise, it's not beneficial for women. So if you're going to eat anything, eat it while it's already sitting in room temp, or if you can warm it up and then eat it past um, noontime when you know your surrounding has already warmed up your body has already warmed up from the morning's activity already mm-hmm. i think that will help tremendously for women's health if anything that is so fascinating yep so, i never learned that in medicine never right that's so it's, interesting it is really incredible um chinese medicine nutrition principles we, you know, because when we are studying medicine, you know, back in school and even nowadays, the way we conduct science and proving how each food is good, we are only able to, well, at least the, the science has allowed us to see and test what is, you know, as far as the, what the equipment, the lab equipment will allow us to do, right? right. It's mm-hmm. able to test what the microscope is able to see. It's only able to see and prove the existence of what is visually possible, I should right. say. Right? right, but Chinese medicine really takes it to another level already, because there is an inherent nature in each food. So the inherent nature of each food, it can be cooling, it can be neutralizing, it can be uh, warming, it can be astringent, it can be dispersive, and whether we recognize that or not, it is happening to our body. So I think it's really time that we bring in that to to help, you know, for our own purpose. Right. You know, for, you know, for the good. Before we started recording, you mentioned that your products, your programs can be used remotely. They don't have to come see you in person. Is that correct? Right. How would our listeners reach out to you if they want to learn more um, or perhaps even work with you, get some of your products? Um, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Asia now. So you can reach me on my IG account, or you can also email me as well. Uh, my email is uh, wearesupernaturals at gmail.com. And oh, we, are, okay. we are, um, you know, our body was born with its own capacity to heal itself. It's time to wake up to that. So my, my email account is wearesupernaturals at uh, gmail.com. And I have an IG account now, which is uh, underscore roots because now we're dealing with a lot of plants, roots, mm-hmm. underscore, deep, underscore. So five things happening. <laughs> underscore, uh-huh. roots, underscore, deep, underscore. And we'll, we'll so put that in, we'll put that in the show notes too. So. Okay. All right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, just one, one last thing, because I, I think this yeah. might, might, not in terms of um, the, the things that we practice every day. Lemon. Lemon is, is considered astringent. It's sour. Same goes with apple cider vinegar, which is getting so much attention. Right. We, we're starting to notice that because of it, it's astringent nature. It can actually put more weight on women who are trying to lose weight because of, of its inherent astringent nature. So that's why it's kind of, you know, and then while pepper, right, anything that's spicy has a dispersive nature. Sweet potato has a harmonizing nature. So just to simplify, I think people are drinking so much lemon water now for its detoxifying effect and for the vitamin C. But um, do be careful that um, not everybody type is good for lemon. We do have to be specific with our own body types. In Chinese traditional medicine, there are eight different types of body. 
for which each type of body calls for a certain type of food. And the interesting thing is that um, now we have a combination of these eight different body types. It's just that which one is more apparent, more urgent, you know, showing up with more symptoms, that one we have to address. But I, I'm confident to say that because of how the fact that we are eating so many raw foods now, so we, we can tend to be, have tipped our body to, you know, to one side of the scale. So if you're trying to lose weight, if you have water retention problems, to skip lemon for the meantime. Not to say you will not be able to eat lemon and apple cider for the rest of your life. It's just that in the meantime, because your body is more actively in that state to um, skip the lemon part. It's so, a great tip. Very interesting. Right. Uh, because I notice every, almost every single woman that I've talked to, they, oh, sure. so, because it gets talked about so much on the internet. Right. So, uh, but we don't realize that with each food, it has an inherent. So yeah, if you guys have access to a TCM doctor around you, I think, yeah, I think that will help quite a lot with um, even customizing the, the type of plant food you eat that can serve you more and then not take away from what you're trying to do already. Mm-hmm. And how would so, they find that sort of doctor? I, I think Google will be a way to start just to see if there are any TCM doctors around. And I also do that online as part of my service because- For, t- for our listeners, TCM would mean traditional, uh, traditional Chinese, Chinese medicine. Traditional Chinese medicine. Okay. Correct, correct, right. Okay. So, so I also offer that online as well. I mean, you guys will have to fill out the comprehensive um, questionnaire and then um, take a picture of the tongue because that's as weird as it sounds, but your tongue gives a lot of clues and it changes so fast just to reflect how your body is doing internally. It's incredible. It's incredible. So yeah, your tongue is giving away a lot of <laughs> secrets about you. Mm-hmm. So, so all that can be done on, online uh, already. So, yeah. Awesome. And, right. This is fascinating. We may have to have <laughs> you back. This is really interesting. So. Well, I, I think, yeah. And then because, you know, the, the sad thing about it is that, you know, TCM is not in the mainstream yet. Uh, functional medicine, I'm so glad it's, it's making its headline, you know, it's, it's that it deserves. But uh, yeah, I think people need to, there's really a lot of things that people can benefit from. Chinese traditional medicine. So I agree. I've had my tongue looked at several times. Yes, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) I I love it. I love acupuncture as well. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And let me just to our listeners, thank you for joining us. And I'll see you. And before we go, I Mm -hmm. just wanted to encourage our audience to follow us on our Instagram account because. We are still in the process of making our products, which is different from the products that I'm using already, a different, completely different set of products with TCM, uh, traditionalized Chinese medicine theories, okay, where we, and like I mentioned, uh, our body has different types, right? So we're actually incorporating that part because we want to be able to customize for mm-hmm. each person. Um, so follow you on, to, on Instagram uh, to learn more about uh, on that. Instagram, right. So we're going to be okay. providing information medically and, you know, relating to health daily. So we're going to throw in, we're going to do things a bit different in that we are going to also incorporate um, theories of TCM, traditional Chinese medicine with the Western medicine. So I think that will add a bit more value to, you know, uh, other accounts where, you know, we talk about Western medicine only. So we, we're, we're letting you in on how traditional Chinese medicine approaches women's body. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. So, yeah. 
So thank you so much. Okay. I, I thank enjoy you. our time. Thank you hold, for this opportunity. Hold on, Dr. Chung. Hold on. All right, listeners, until next time, thank you. Hey, before you go, I hope that you loved this episode. I would love it if you could do me two quick favors. First, make sure to subscribe to Next Level Woman. That way, you will get notified when the new episodes are coming out. So definitely subscribe to follow us. The other thing that I would love for you to do is to join us in my Next Level Manifestation Facebook group. This is an awesome place off the podcast platform where you can ask questions. I do free trainings and share very helpful resources there too. You're going to love it. And it's a great place to also find other women who are going after big dreams and getting great results. Links are in the show notes or go to lisahart.com, L-I-E-S-A-H-A-R-T-E.com. Thank you.